0: America's Heroes Group Roundtable Partner, Jesse Brown, VA Works, is the topic of discussion. And we have two um, panelists. Um, Eric Procher, who is a, a psychologist, uh, a doctor of psychology, and MPH as well. And he's at the Jesse Brown VA me- uh, Mental Health uh, Service Psychologist Program Manager for the v- Veterans Integration to Academic Leadership, which is called the VITAL. And also we have Ryan uh, Steerwalt. He is a U.S. Marine veteran officer deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan, 2005 to 2014. And on that note, I just want to shout out to all the veterans and all the people who are affected by um, 9-11. But in particular, you know, there's the Center for Homeland Defense and Security that guards our nation every day. We have the Department of Homeland Security with FEMA. Uh, We have some great uh, organizations and the Department of Defense that protect us all every day, every minute every second that we're living. So thank you to all those people who are here at home and deployed as well. And today's discussion is going to be veterans reflection on 9/11, withdrawal from Afghanistan and the VA health and suicide prevention. Welcome welcome Eric, how are you doing?
1: Great. how's it going uh, Colonel Dr. Arnold uh, Good to
0: <laughs> talk with you again. Oh, fine. <laughs> Great. And then you have Ryan with you as well. How's, how are you doing, Ryan?
2: Hey, good afternoon, sir. I'm just going to stick with sir because Colonel Doctor is a mouthful. Yes, yes, Damon I- is fine too
0: <laughs> in this circumstance.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but I really appreciate um, you having us on. It's, it's an honor to be able to talk about You know, sort of my perspective on these issues, and especially to do it on a day like today. um, It's a big deal to me, so I want to thank you for letting us do it.
0: Oh, sure, absolutely, and this is a day that, you know, I started this morning with watching all the different ceremonies that were going on and uh, just remembering where I was when 9-11 happened and how it um, affected my heart. Uh, You know, I uh, grew up in New York, and I remember being in – the, the World Trade Center, when I was in high school, that's when they were built uh, back in, it was 1972. Uh, two. And I remember going to the top of it and feeling, the, and I told this to my friends, these towers will be here forever. They'll be here be way mm-hmm. after we're gone. That's the feeling I had. That's how powerful those buildings felt. And, uh, you know, history makes you a liar, of course. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we, uh, that did not happen. Uh, So, you know, Eric or or Ryan, who wants to lead off and just start talking about the implications of 9-11 and what it means for our veterans?
2: Why don't you go ahead, Dr. Bursher, and then I can talk maybe a little bit about my own personal.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I'd like to, you know, I remember on uh, 9-11, I was uh, just starting out my career, you know, and uh, I was going around interviewing. And, in fact, the day before 9-11, I Received um, my commission was signed off, but I remember, you know, actually having a job interview on 9/11, and uh, it was on this uh, facility, and the the towers. I was in this office, and across from the office was a day room where there were um, people that suffered from mental illness, and they were all sitting there watching the television, glued to the televisions, as the towers were were coming down, and I just. Just remember, just a severe disorientation, and kind of like what is going on, and then like I was supposed to teach my first course at a, you know at a university that was canceled that night,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then um, and I just remember like the silence as the, there were no planes over you know flying over Chicago at the point at that point, and just how. I, everyone felt connected. I I, I do wit- miss that part, you know. You know, mm-hmm. people were so courteous and friendly and yes. outreaching mm-hmm. each other. And it seems like it's a different time. But I'm thinking back. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how much time it's been twenty years, and time has flown by.
0: You know, and that's really uh, that's and, re- that's really kind of a good statement. You know, you know, it's really profound what you're just saying, uh, Doctor Procher, Because, you know, does it take something that big for us to come together like that? You know, why is it that we're not more connected and why have we become even further apart and more disconnected because of all the, you know, the COVID-19 and, uh, you know, all the recent geopolitical upheavals and all those kinds of things? We, we should be moving together, not really apart.
1: I agree. Absolutely. And and I think that is that's been the challenge, you know, um, among our veterans, among uh, the civilians is this fragmentation and disconnection, especially com- compounded with the, the pandemic of, of COVID, has is, is kept people more isolated, more fragmented than ever. And we know that it's the opposite that is ables enables people to get through the challenging times and overcome the obstacles. is when they feel connected to other people, and that was, you know, I think. The rallying call, the country uniting against that. I, I can't believe my my whole service, my whole career has been working with these post nine eleven veterans. And um, you know, after the withdrawal from Afghanistan, that um, veteran um, Ryan and I both we heard a lot from veterans, and everyone had um, reactions. You know, uh, to those events, and uh, many felt frustrated. A lot of sense of the sadness, um, some worrying uh, and you know even though our veterans are very unique and um, across the country there were these common reactions you know and uh, so I mean it's great that the VA has resources that allow veterans to connect with each other and, um, and uh, to find their way and especially when we're and other serious ap- epidemics like suicide that's been really challenging over the last 20 years. It's really hit our, our veteran population quite heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to say some more about that, but I want to give Ryan a chance to jump in. Um, Ryan, thoughts? Yeah. I, any of the above?
2: Sure. Um, you know, you mentioned particularly um, how, how veterans feel with the withdrawal from Afghanistan and, and I think that dovetails really nicely into um, September 11th because General Milley was just talking this morning at the um, at the Pentagon at the spot of the Pentagon attack, yeah. and he said two things that really caught my attention. One of them was your service has not been in vain, and then the other thing that he said was that we still face the same terrorism challenges that we faced 20 years ago. And I think that's the I think that's the hardest thing for me certainly, but I think for a lot of veterans is how do we feel. How do we feel about our sacrifice or our service? You know, I, I'm, yes. I'm proud to have done what I did. I'm proud to have known the young men and women that I knew. And I would do that again in a heartbeat. What's hard for me is thinking about the really great sacrifices that um, some of the Marines and soldiers that I knew made and were their sacrifices in vain, especially in the, through the lens of the fact that we still have the same terrorism challenges 20 years later. That's tough to deal with.
0: Yeah, I could imagine that, you know, and, and that's something I'm grappling with all the time because, uh, you know, one thing is that, you know, someone told me once, that, you know, well, why did you go over there? And they said, w- were you trying to protect the oil? What were you trying to do? And I said, no, mm-hmm. you know, I raised my hand to defend this con- the Constitution and the rallying places for uh, people and those kinds of things in this country. I said, but, you know, it's up to the, it's up to the American people. To make sure that we have the people in governmental positions through the act of voting, uh, to make sure that we're doing things appropriately, and uh, mm-hmm. we don't—we just are at the beck and call of the nation as service members because that's what our duty is, and it's the duty of the American public to go to the you know rallying places, the you know places of public debate and discussion, and to come up with the moral compass for the country. We can't set the moral compass for the country. And that's not what our function is, our role. Our role is to defend, right. the, 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 you know, the moral principles that the country comes up with and where we want this country, where we want things to go in the future. And so I, I'm really proud of every service member. You know, I'm proud of the Gold Star families. I'm proud of the people who are, you know, Blue Star families. I'm, I'm proud of everyone who has actually helped to support the military um, Uh, people who are veterans and active duty and people who have retired from the military i I just feel that um once you put that uh uniform on you're defending uh, a very sacred public trust and so uh, you know i i had to go into that it took a while for me to get there and to think about it in that way um and then the question too is like so what if they call you up again would you go again knowing what we've been through and that's that's still have a problem with that, a little bit of a difficulty with
2: that. Yeah. I, uh, so first I would, um, I, I really like what you said about how the military can't set public policy. I mean, and I would word it even more strongly than that. You, you don't want us to right? You, you want us to <laughs> simply carry out the will of the civilian politicians, exactly what you said. And I, for me on September 11th, I, I watched September 11th. I got to work early. I was working as a software programmer, um, and thought that the first plane hitting the tower was just a, like just a general aviation plane because we didn't know anything at the time. And I was in Dallas, and Dallas had just had an accident just like that maybe two weeks before. Um, but throughout the course of the day, you know, watching it on TV, I remember crying several times that day, like literally tears coming out of my eyes because it, it felt so awful to watch so many people's lives, so many people's lives be ended and so many people's lives be irreversibly changed. Um, and it, I called I called the recruiter a couple days later. I think it was two days later I called the recruiter. I think September 11th was a Tuesday, and I called the guy on Thursday. Maybe I have that backwards. Um, but I actually I had a long conversation with him in which he told me I was not going to be Maverick from Top Gun. And I think for some reason that turned me off. But it took two more years, and, and what really did it for me was it had nothing to do with the, the politics of what we were doing. What really did it for me was... You remember back in 2003, 2004, every morning on the front page of the newspaper, there would be all the pictures of the young American servicemen and women who had been killed in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, Mm -hmm. some some mornings it was just a split of two pictures. And some mornings I can remember there being like, you know, a grid of eight or nine people that had gotten killed overnight in Iraq and Afghanistan. And it just worked on me over the course of those two years. And I, I, I came to think, you know, here's these Young men and women going overseas, risking their lives day after day after day. And why? Why am I not doing that? So for me, the decision to join really was more about wanting to, um, wanting to share the risk with other young Americans more than the more than the political decisions. So I think you're right. The the politics have to come from the full body of the American people, and that leaves us just to go and try to execute what they want us to do.
0: That's right, and it and it leaves little, little room for people to. Uh, complain and, and disgust about what happened, it's like, well, where were you before it happened? <laughs> yeah, You know, you need to be involved in this process. But, you know, for, as, far, as far as the treatment goes, are you seeing any more challenges, Dr. Procher? You know, as far as, you know, we have now um, veterans who are returning, and uh, like Ryan <laughs> is a U.S. Marine, so we lost quite a few Marines, uh, you know, with the exit strategy uh, that unfolded. Uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm glad we're out, uh, out of there. I wish it was uh, w- with a better result as far as, you know, um, how we uh, came out of there. But, you know, uh, we are out of there. So we have veterans who are returning now. And uh, they talk yeah. about, you know, the 13 people who died, but there were also, I think, 18 people who were hospitalized as well, who were, who were service members who were in a hospital yes. setting. So th- these are challenges that they're going to have to face and their families.
1: Absolutely. Um, and uh, our, our veterans, our veterans, they face significant challenges. And, and this is uh, revealed in, you know, uh, most recent uh, National Veteran Suicide Prevention Annual Report that uh, came out recently. And I, I'm, I'm thinking back to 2000, 2002, um, and just that in general, 12, 12. In the civilian population, 12 out of 100,000 people committed suicide per year. And uh, and the military at that point were 10 per 100,000. Mm. And all of a sudden we shoot up to 2019, it's 31.6 per 100,000 um, among um, veterans.
0: Say that again. Uh, I mean, because uh, people... <laughs> it's,
1: yeah, yeah. So in 2002, we it was 10 per 100,000 was the suicide rate, and it was lower than the general population, which was 12 per 100,000. Uh, and that's, that's it's expected, right? Typically uh, in the military, you're screened. Uh, there's more screening going in, and so they tended to be healthier. But all of a sudden, we, um, and, you know, the suicide rates started um, increasing, increasing, and spiking and um in two thousand nineteen we have thirty one point six per hundred thousand and uh, wow. but at the same time we've also um, among the civilian population has also increased when that was twelve and now it's uh it was like fifteen or sixteen uh, per hundred thousand okay so uh I think it's a challenging time for everybody, uh, but you can't ignore that dramatic spike and, 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 um, and the suicide. And the VA has really taken a, a three-pronged approach to address that, recognizing that, you know, it takes a community. So engaging with the community, uh, by the way, you probably heard the statistics. Uh, reminding uh, the other day, uh, a couple of years ago it was bandied about, uh, 22, uh, veterans, uh, committed suicide per day. And, right. but it's more like around 20, um, 20. Okay. 20 do, um, and out of that 20, uh, 14 um, have never been to a VA, have never been to no. um, to, to get their medical care. And uh, I think that is significant. So the VA is trying to change that, increasing access, increasing uh, partnerships in the community is one, uh, one of the three-pronged approach. The second is... Uh, we have an award-winning uh, uh, crisis line that um, that anyone can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it is, um, uh, you can talk to a live person. They'll connect you with the closest VA. Um, and that's 1-800-273-8255. And press 1, a veteran. So that's one 800 273 8255 and press 1. And then with the VAs, um, with the veterans in the VA facility that um, are experiencing crises, we, we we monitor them closely. We have a whole team, a, a, a crisis team, and we have a high-risk list that um, gives us people that, with an algorithm, connects us with people that might have a higher probability of, of, of being at risk. And um, and so, uh, again, there's a, a team, a suicide prevention team along with other the medical folks that are, are connecting there. Um, and, and hopefully we will be making a difference. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh Dr. Arnold, you know, in public health, sometimes it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's hard to see the, the benefits, you know, um, people want immediate, uh, you know, exactly. dramatic changes and, and results exactly, but it does, it does, does take time.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: So well, I I can say, mm-hmm. Doctor P. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I no. I just want to say the VA I think is making an impact. I, I can tell you from personal experience. You know, from like the big dumb animal perspective of a combat arms guy. You know, you're in the Marine Corps, or you're in the Army, or whatever service, and you have lots of people to talk to, and then you get out and you don't. And I, for me personally, yeah. <clears throat> I avoided going to the VA for a long time until I didn't have a choice, frankly, and it was because I, I didn't. I didn't think that the care I was going to receive there really would make an impact in my life, but I'm I'm saying for anybody who's in your audience who is a veteran who has been you know thinking that they might want to get some help but they don't want to go to the VA, I'll tell you that that Jesse Brown in particular, but I've been up to Hines as well. The standard of care there is incredible, and it was it was a massive help to me in some of the struggles that I've been going through. So I would encourage people to to go and uh, to go and give it a try. Oh, fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Anyone interested in the VA, look up the most important website. Very easy, va.gov. And uh, you look that up. They'll put your area code in, and they'll they'll um, give you the closest VAs to where you live with contact information. And every VA has uh, a point of contact, uh, a whole team uh, dedicated to serving post 9-11 veterans.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we have, and, about, and I, we have about two minutes to go, so I'm going to ask, uh, you know, first, Ryan, you know, give some closing comment, and then we're going to go to Dr. Procher. and uh, I wish we had more time. We should have this discussion over 10, 10 hours, so. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but, sure. absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, just as we think about September 11th and, and with everything that happened in Afghanistan being so fresh, I know – you know, I wish – I think I feel similar to the way you do. I wish that we had been able to stay and make an impact um, different than than what it was, a more lasting impact. And I, and when I think about it, I think about it from the perspective of the Joe Ellis's and Trevor Arista and Jen Parcell, um, people I know overseas that, that didn't come back. I wish we had been able to make a permanent change for them. At the same time, um, I'm glad that, that we're out and that there's not going to be – Another young American patriot asked to give his or her life um, in service to that—that to okay. that we know is not going to leave a lasting mark. I guess. Okay. So um, great. Well, you thank know.
0: you. Well, we just ran out of time, but I just wanted to say thank you, partner Jesse Brown VA Works, and Dr. Procher. Thank you for the work you're doing, helping to save our veterans um, and their families, because uh, suicide involves a, a community. Um, And then also, Ryan, thank you for your service overseas uh, as a U.S. Marine and what you've done for this country. And uh, the number you can call is 1-800-273-8255, press number 1 if you are a vet, and go to va.gov, the easiest uh, line I know. (laughs) It's va.gov. So thank you both.